Welcome back, everybody. Let's revisit the topic of negotiation. In Season 4, Episode 4, Successful Negotiations in Corporate America, the conversation centered around how the principles of improv can help you become a better negotiator. Let's take that discussion and expand on it with some unconventional techniques to help you achieve a win-win, not a win-lose, while you're negotiating. The win-win approach in negotiating is a give-and-take conversation, and each party will have to give up something to get something in return. Now, I know some of you are just rolling your eyes thinking, why would we take such an approach? Just go for the jugular and take everything. Well, here's the difference. Whomever you're negotiating with, there's a high probability that you'll have another conversation on a different topic. You don't want to appear to be an adversary. You want to be viewed as a partner as long as they approach the situation in the same manner. If not, then go ahead and take the gloves off. Waste time and energy in trying to get everything you want and receive nothing. How can you approach a meeting where you're not perceived as an adversary and seen as a potential business partner? I learned a technique from an attorney, Russ Riddle, that told me to smile. What? Smile while you're negotiating? He says, if you start with a smile, it's disarming. They let your defenses down a bit. It opens up the heart, mind, and ears to hear what you're going to say. They're not going to agree with everything that comes out of your mouth, but it opens them up to at least to hear it. As you know, a smile does things inside of us too. We get feeling better. And when we feel better, we're on our A game. We're just more, you know, there's the law of likability. And far too many people forget that when they go into a negotiation or they go into a confrontation of any kind. They forget that the likability factor is in their arsenal. The only thing I would add is make sure your smile is genuine. That is the only way this works. Another exciting tactic comes from the Harvard Business Review article titled, How to Succeed in Negotiation, Help Your Counterpart Save Face. According to the article, Face can be thought of as how people want to be perceived and connected to identity and dignity. When it comes to negotiation, it is about both sides preserving their and their organization's reputation. This hits one of the fundamental principles of improv, respect, trust, and support. It's all about looking at people across the table from you and thinking about them as human beings and showing empathy. This is not about being subordinate to the other person and letting them walk all over you. No, it is to humanize the conversation and work as hard as you can toward a win-win situation. The article describes an international business of tug of war. Two international executives, one Brazilian and the other French, have become embroiled in a high-stakes dispute over a company in which they both were involved. Both men were spending millions of dollars of trying to beat the other in a tense and destructive negotiation, and neither one would back down. Enter an advisor, William. After much digging and exploration, he found that each man also wanted freedom and respect beyond money and control. They wanted to go back to the normal life of doing business and spending time with family and come out of the fight with his head held high. William advised them both to focus on maximizing those metrics as their benchmark for success. When they did so, an agreement emerged where one man agreed to leave the company board, giving his counterpart the ability to run it as he saw fit. 
In return, he released the departing executive from a three-year non-compete clause, giving him the freedom to conduct other business and exchange his voting shares for non-voting shares so they could be sold in the public equity market. In the end, both men were able to stand in front of their fellow executives and employees and share that they had a deal and wished each other well. Recognizing that freedom and respect were essential to each man, empathy played a role in solving the dispute, along with each party parking their egos and looking for a viable solution. Parking one's ego is a challenging thing to do, and in this example, it proved to be very expensive. In thinking about this case study, I wonder what if they had brought William in earlier in this process. How much could they have saved and how much sooner would they have achieved their ultimate goal of having both freedom and respect? Were both of these men trying to manipulate each other to get their desired outcome? If so, would persuasion have been a better option? The answer lies in understanding the difference between manipulation and persuasion. My definition of persuasion is getting the other person to see the situation from your perspective or vantage point through the benefit lens. Manipulation is just using somebody for your gain and then cutting them loose. Russ Riddle shared with me his take on each. Persuasion is about persuading someone to do something that's in their best interest. Yeah, it may give you the, a benefit as well, but it's not all about you. It's all about them. Manipulation on the other hand, is to get them to do something because it's good for you. It might be in their worst interest, but you want them to do it because of you. It's not about them. It's all about you. This is where improv is powerful in business. In improv, we always think about the other person more than ourselves. What? Wait a minute. Isn't that what a leader is supposed to do? Think about other people they lead and make it about them and not about themselves? I believe the whole concept of them before me is lost when coming to negotiations. There's also a difference between persuasive and abrasive. Many leaders think they're persuasive when they start talking louder, talking over the other person or interrupting them because they think this is going to win the day. And yet it's the exact opposite. When emotion and ego enter into the negotiation process, then it becomes abrasive and it costs us more time and more money as witnessed in the HBR case above. Shifting gears a bit to another negotiation tip, don't be scripted. I'm not saying to show up and wing it. That is failure in the making. Let me say this again. Preparation is the key to success in negotiation, not memorization. Don't chain yourself to a script or negotiation. You will not be fully present, nor will you be listening to what the other person is saying. When you prepare rather than memorize, you don't need a script and you have created the adaptability to react to the other person's response more freely and appropriately. Improvised negotiations require rapid learning, adapting, and influencing, according to Michael Wheeler's book, The Art of Negotiation, How to Improvise an Agreement in a Chaotic World. Learning is to keep an open mind and be ready for change and adapt to the situation. Don't ask reality to conform to your blueprint, but transform your blueprint to adapt to reality. You are learning from your interaction with the person you're negotiating with. When the negotiation takes a turn, you have to adapt to the conversation. For example, you propose a potential solution to the problem. The other party does not accept your proposal and offers their version. The third option is created by taking the two prior proposals and incorporating them into that third option. 
Michael Wheeler describes influencing as you seek to influence those on the other side to convince them that the value of what you are offering. What they say in response and how they say it speaks to a particular point, but it's also feedback on how effectively you're engaging your counterpart. Maybe your style suits them. If not, you'll need to change your approach. In other words, you have to be present and listening to the words, the context, and body language of the other party. Cookie-cutter strategies crumble in the turbulence of a real-world negotiation. Have you ever considered the art of negotiation a strategy in building sustainable relationships? I'll be honest, I never considered this a strategy until it was brought to my attention in my discussion with Russ. Think about it, and it makes sense, except for those one-and-done scenarios. I hate to negotiate with car salespeople. And if I could go back 30 plus years, I would have looked at this process as an opportunity versus dread. The key here is developing trust throughout the process on both sides, which takes time. What is the benefit? In buying future cars, you will see your person at the dealer. They will know your likes and dislikes, which should reduce the amount of time you're actually in the dealership. Your time is not wasted on trying to reestablish a new relationship with a new salesperson. There are those critical vendor relationships that we must constantly nurture and taking the approach of working on that in a trusted business relationship by treating the conversations with respect, trust, and support. Is it time to view negotiating through a different lens? I think so. If you'd like to discuss more about negotiations and news and the principles of improv and these techniques, please feel free to contact me at peter at petermargaritas.com. Be positive, test negative, stay safe. Like what you just heard? Visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.